Saturday the 14th of October 2017. It's Saturday and we're all home except for Carla, who is staying with a friend. I was the first one down this morning, but as I came out of my bedroom door, I heard a little voice call, Hello Mummy! It was Jonty. He was wide awake and had, according to him, been awake for some time. We went down together and fed the fish and then the dogs. We then let the two cats out. They spend all day out and all night curled up on the sofa. Usually it's the other way around with cats. They are nocturnal animals, but not ours. They're always standing at the front door around about eight o'clock after a good day's adventure with Nicky's cats, Tim and Freddy. If I ever call my cats, Eddie and Teddy, into the house, I invariably get Freddy running through my front door before my own cats respond. He doesn't stay long, though. He is devoted to Nicky. Fish, dogs and cats are sorted. I can see Nicky opening up the rabbits and guinea pigs from the kitchen and David will be down shortly to go to the hen house and let them out. While he's doing that, I shall cook porridge for breakfast. Once it's cooked, I shall add to the bowls, walnuts, blueberries and raspberries and the children sometimes like a little drizzle of my friend Fran's honey or a small sprinkle of muscadado sugar. This is the way our mornings mostly start. Most times David beats me downstairs, in which case he will do the fish with one of the children and let the cats out. But I always feed the dogs. Breakfast differs, differs too. Poached or scrambled eggs are a favourite for the family, but not for David since he's embraced veganism. David usually eats lightly toasted bread with either peanut butter or hummus. Sometimes if we are having mushrooms and tomatoes, he will have those too. Breakfast is a very important meal for us. I read somewhere once that one should eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince and supper like a pauper. The way we eat and how we eat has become something of a science that even the average person is becoming knowledgeable about it. And magazines and newspapers are constantly running articles on the importance of eating this or that particularly. Newly discovered superfoods, they are not newly discovered foods at all, although calling them that makes it easier to put the prices up in the shops. The reality is all food is super, if it is eaten in balance and in sufficient amounts. Generally, people eat too much simply because they can and because food is cheaply produced. The consequences of this is that we have a huge obesity crisis on our hands. Even small children can be seen clearly vastly overweight. It is expected that this generation may be the first generation that may have people within it who die before their parents. It is obvious we are doing something very wrong indeed. When I was a child, there was always strict mealtimes, and enough was enough. Greed was considered to be a sin, one of the deadly ones actually, along with avarice and the others. There was no eating between meals, and sweets or chocolates were for weekend treats when pocket money well-earned, was given out. The gift of chocolate at Christmas or birthdays was a wonderful treat, all the more enjoyed for its rarity. Fat people were rarely seen, and obesity was pretty well unheard of. Even people that were overweight usually had some excuse, such as it was a glandular problem. We have produced so much food so cheaply that people generally push food and snacks into their mouths all day long, whenever they fancy. Our children do it because they see us do it. It is learned behaviour. What happened to the link between hunger and eating? 
I hope in your time, my dear great-great-grandchildren, you will have by then broken the habit. People think nothing of walking along the road eating food, which will be better digested eaten at a table. People at work no longer have a proper lunchtime. They sit with a box of fast food or sandwiches and eat it at their desks while working, instead of taking it out into a nearby park to sit and eat and pause and rest body and mind and soul. We now know so much more about nutrition and food, but we have, it seems, in some cases, thrown the baby out with the bathwater. We are cleverly selecting the best foods to provide us with antioxidants, vitamins and minerals, and forgetting that the way we eat them and the time given in chewing and digesting them properly is just as important, and in some cases even more important. How much we eat at a sitting is also very important, with the advent of eat as much as you can for a set price restaurant, we become used to stuffing ourselves with as much as we can because it's free after a certain amount. I remember an old grandfather of a very dear friend of mine, a jaunty old fellow. He used to caution everybody regarding eating and the words, leave off hungry. He was amazing in every way and lived to a ripe old age a cheerful and amusing man who remains slim and fit all of his life. How we eat and how much we eat, I feel certain is as important as what we eat. I know that it is now considered healthier to eat between six o'clock in the morning and six o'clock in the evening. This can be varied by making it between seven and eight, or eight and eight, whatever suits your lifestyle, but never after or before those 12 hours. We in our family tend to eat that way anyway, for convenience, unless, that is, if we are invited out for supper, which can sometimes reach the table later after numerous nibbles and goodies. But one needs to keep a balance in life, everything in moderation. If we make a mistake, there is always tomorrow. Once breakfast was over, I decided to spend some time writing to you, my dear great-great-grandchildren. While writing yesterday about the problems of antibiotic resistance in bacteria, I was left wondering how that left you. I hope and pray that you survive the inevitable consequences of our foolish mistakes. We are directly responsible for the environmental problems that will fall upon you as a result of our careless experiments and departure from the rules and laws that were laid down for us according to the Bible. And I, for one, am so sorry for my part in what has happened to our world, and I so desperately want to change it. That is what has driven me to write this journal. I hope that people will become ignited as I have done, with a resolve to change everything at grassroots level. We need, each one of us, to make a personal commitment and join the Genesis movement. After lunch, we plan to go to the allotment, that is me, Cynthia and the little ones. But first lunch. Today we are having a large portobello mushroom stuffed with savoury quina. Quina is a very high in protein and excellent for David's diet requirements. It is also delicious and the children love it. It can be used in the place of rice. The following recipe is good to stuff mushrooms with or can accompany any other meal as you would use rice. It is a good way to get fussy children to eat more vegetables. Savory quinoa. One cup of quinoa, two cups of water, one heaped teaspoon of marigold bouillon, two cloves of garlic finely chopped, 
Six green olives finely chopped. One large organic carrot grated. Any cooked vegetables that you have left over. Good quality organic virgin olive oil. Chopped parsley. Grated cheese for the non-vegan. Eight large flat mushrooms brushed with rapeseed oil. Method. Bake the oil brushed mushrooms in the oven. While mushrooms are cooking, bring to the boil the water. Quinoa and other ingredients except the olive oil, chopped parsley and grated cheese. Simmer until the quinoa becomes transparent and is cooked. Add the olive oil. Take out the mushrooms and stuff each one with the mixture. Put a little grated cheese on the top of each person's mushroom who isn't a vegan and pop back into the oven until cheese is melted. Just before serving, sprinkle chopped parsley over each one. Yum. Johnny doesn't like mushrooms and I always stuff a small plain omelette with the queen and mixture. After lunch, Cynthia and I went to the allotment to do some weeding and to pick whatever raspberries that were ripe. We picked some kale for us for tomorrow's lunch and some for the chickens because it's good for them and good for the eggs that they produce and some for the rabbits and guinea pigs because they love it and we love them. Home for tea with a large planet of raspberries. Family night in around a nice log fire, I think. David deserves it. He's been digging out and leaving the site for our new greenhouse, which is coming this month.